In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. Welcome to See You Next Week in Space. Thank you so much for listening. Today we rejoin our conversation on Battleship. How will this epic turd of a movie turn out? We'll see. Battleship. It begins. Um, And then this was pretty funny. Uh, The first news broadcast, we get this device a lot in this movie, news broadcast telling us exposition things. And in this case, it's good old Purd Hapley shows up Mm -hmm. telling us. Yeah, he shows up and he's telling us that it's Rimpack 2012. Um, Do you recall what Rimpack is? WTF does that mean? (laughs) I actually looked this up because I wasn't sure if it was a real thing or not. But it is a real thing. Um... It is a series of maritime battle exercises. Um, and the full name is the Rim of the Pacific Exercise. That's what RIMPAC means. Um, and it's held every two years. Oh. Um, so on even-numbered years in Honolulu, Hawaii. And basically the United States invites all various other um nations that have navies to come and to do these battle exercises. Um, and it's been going on since the seventies. Okay. Um, and what I, again, what I found interesting specifically (laughs) about this one is I'm like, I appreciate that this is definitely a real and very big event for the Navy. But here's my thing. I have never seen, even on local mm-hmm. broadcast news, discussion of stuff like that. I'm like, nobody nope. cares about this. Nope. <laughs> no. I don't, nobody cares. And also, I don't think they'd, I just, I think that it would also be, not that that would be top you're right. secret I don't, necessarily, but and, it would And you're be, right that it wouldn't be top secret, yeah, be but I no also don't think it's anyone. the sort of thing that, like, the Navy would want drawn attention to it in that way either. Especially in 2012. Yeah, like, because then... I'm like, come on, Right, because then, because like, it could... Yeah. Well, because would because could they not be concerned that, like, if they said, okay, this is happening here and when, that, like, 
civilians could well, potentially there's any show number of up things and that could happen. Like, be in the way and or something. Like battle exercises are. I, yeah. I mean, I don't. Well, that turns out to be what happens this like time. Aliens Thanks so much. Up. Thanks so much for blowing our cover, purd. <laughs> if you hadn't said this, God damn it! <laughs> if you hadn't said this, Fucking this movie would have never happened, and then we would all be happier. Spot. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, the purpose God of it, it in the movie is to do exposition work to explain why we're here. But like, no, there. I I think. Yeah. Generally speaking, the military do- doesn't want us to know when they're doing things or like special movements or like whatever. Like, um, and they certainly no. don't want it on the news. Uh huh. Now, even stupider. So, so no. we start out by being told this is RIMPAC, this is this big important event for the Navy uh, and the world navies in general. Then it goes to, there is then. Like play-by-play coverage of the intramural soccer game that the two like that the navies are like com- like that there's like this soccer competition I guess that they get involved in and the Japanese and the U.S. teams are like playing for the championship of this soccer game and there's like actually like broadcast radio sounding stuff about this too and I'm like who's listening to that like. Are you kidding me? Is there is this like special like there Navy is there is that and that's the only thing I can think like, of. I'm, I'm like somehow we've transitioned now into oh. like broadcast for the armed services and maybe that's what we're listening to. Um, but more yeah. importantly, uh, we this lets us see all of our main characters playing soccer, which I guess is important. Um, we, we now learn through this game (laughs) that Alex has somehow successfully wooed Sam and they're dating. Um, we also set up the vague conflict between Alex and Captain Nagata because Nagata ends up kicking Alex in the face while playing soccer and so Alex gets well his team gets a penalty shot which he brazenly takes himself even though everyone is like you've just gotten kicked in the face so like it would probably be good if someone else took this (laughs) shot um which he refuses to do and then he totally Mm -hmm. misses the shot yeah because of what because Yes. Yeah, because a straight um, man wrote the movie. Yes. And so because and that's what he, he takes the shot when he's possibly concussed, he loses the game for everybody. Um and I I wonder too if this is meant to be like to the degree that there is character development in this movie. If this is meant to be like, see, he's this hothead, even though he's in the Navy, he still hasn't learned to, like, be patient and pursue goals in different ways. Like, he hasn't done that yet. So, so maybe he'll learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, after the game, Sam and Alex are making out on the beach and... 
Yeah. Um, Yuck. And the main... How would I talk about this? I guess... I guess the thing is, is like... (laughs) I wouldn't call this a love scene exactly. But I will say, I think I find Mm -hmm. myself being made uncomfortable when... When I when I'm watching people discuss their relationships, something about it like make I don't know why. Totally, maybe that's to do with my own problems. I don't. You don't watch I absolutely reality shows, not. do you? <laughs> no, you don't watch the ultimatum, and it's very obvious. No, it's because uh, <laughs> it is. You're right. That is uncomfortable. I would venture to say. That scenes like that, though I don't actually remember this scene, to be honest, but scenes like where people are doing like either A, like seriously talking about their relationship or like doing cutesy stuff is way more uncomfortable than yes. like a straight up yeah. sex scene. I, I know. Mean, I feel like the that same. Something's wrong no, with No, because in this one, they're like, first they're um, kissing and then like... It and maybe this is also why I felt weird about it because like then it became clear that what they were discussing was how he was going to ask permission from her father to get married, and I all I mean I genuinely oh, don't love that, yeah. but like even aside from that, I'm like <laughs> something maybe that was what it was is like to, I'm like you're asking your dad's permission, like one I don't like it because I don't like that tradition. I, we also, don't know. When did we they don't meet? know what happened. Is this I, supposed to be the time three weeks between ago? when he gets told he has to join the Navy because his brother can't stand it? So, like, when he gets arrested or whatever. And, and this new moment yeah. is unclear. Yeah. No, it doesn't seem It long. does not seem long. I mean, I guess we don't know, but. I mean, so that's another part. He about cut his hair, so we know he's totally different as a character. Yeah, he's a totally I mean, different person. Well, it's and actually, this is something they said on how did this get made recently, which is like, and they were talking about women, but I think it's to some extent true with men, like that the character's hair tells them tells us what their journey is, <laughs> and like. So he had long hair in these first sure. like ten minutes, and now he's got short hair. So we know time has passed, and he's straightened up quite a bit. Um, yeah. So somehow, <laughs> he's, he's a yeah, person. somehow yeah. he has no, won over out to the degree that she now wants to marry him. And yeah, I mean, okay. even controlling for my dislike of the notion of asking your dad for permission to get married, like. I know that's still a thing. People seem to feel like they need to do it. Okay, fine. Um, But the way they were talking, I was like, are you guys like in high school or some shit? Like, you sound like you're 12 years old. What were they? I don't don't remember this. (laughs) I don't remember this particular. What was like one like snippet of it? Well, he was like like, running his lines of what he was going to say. And she was like, yeah, that's great. Oh. You know, and I was oh, ick, like, ick, ick. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, oh, yeah, ick. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so we get that bit of backstory into their relationship. Meanwhile, yeah, up in space, something appears out of nowhere. 
<laughs> Next, we end up at the U.S. Navy battleship Yikes. USS Missouri, the Mighty Mo, and that's an entire Chiron that is telling us this on the screen. Um, when we're on the Mighty <laughs> Mo, Admiral Shane, played by Liam Neeson, um, who, as you say, sounds vaguely American in this, um, he's giving a, a speech about how the USS Missouri is the greatest ship in U.S. naval history. Um, and as soon as I heard that, I was like, how much you want to bet it's going to be the USS Missouri that shows up in this movie? <laughs> um, I And I was right, yeah. of course. Um, meanwhile, Alex and Sam are late to this big event, um, which I guess is maybe meant to kick off Rimpack or something. Um, so they show up late and of course the Admiral sees it. Um, yeah. So he's Poor clearly Shane. like, you know, as is un also typical for a straight man's movie, my girlfriend's dad just doesn't like me. Meh. Um, and so there is that going on. Meanwhile, <laughs> Alex and Captain Nagata are still upset. Well, specifically Alex is upset about getting kicked in the face at the game. Um, and so rather than, rather than <laughs> a normal person, the two of them start like kind of peacocking around each other um, and eventually end up getting into a knockdown knock drag out fight, um, which Jesse Plemons hears and then he snitches on them. So then the admiral draws them both into his office to to yell at them. Um, meanwhile, both of them are like, we weren't fighting. We just fell down. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Um, and then everyone leaves. And again, um, Liam Neeson basically tells Alex that he's a piece of shit. And so... Needless to say, Alex does not ask him for permission to marry his daughter on this day as had been planned. And then we kick off with Rimpack exercises, Honolulu, Hawaii, day one, yet another uh, Chiron. And this is, we get some ACDC music here. I mean, like, everything about this movie, every step of it was... Like, oh, yeah, so engineered for where I was like, this is like, this is pre algorithm making movie time. Like, I think we're getting there now, but like, it may as well have been like, we think the guys who are gonna watch this movie will really love this right now, so we're gonna get some ACDC going. Um, <laughs> well, it was Thunderstruck, oh, Thunderstruck, wasn't it? I think, comes later. Um, but. But yes, they have oh, multiple. Okay, they they, have, they absolutely ACDC have multiple songs ACDC songs in this movie, um, which shouldn't come as a surprise. I don't oh imagine. Because wait, when is the? Um, where's? Oh yeah, because Thunderstruck comes later. So I forget which one, or maybe it's. That might be a reprise okay. of Thunderstruck from here. I can't remember now. Um, but basically, we get introduced okay. to the various ships. That will start this movie. The U.S. Navy aircraft carrier USS Ronald Reagan. The U.S. Navy destroyer USS John Paul Jones. Um, and I guess maybe the 
the Ben fold maybe is in the mix there. Um, Alex has mm-hmm. been put in charge of the weapons room, um, I think on the Ronald Reagan. Um, and as I described it here in the outline, he's like talking to the people in the weapons room and roiding out hardcore. That's how I described it. Um, to which Rihanna is like, you sound like a mixture of Donald Trump and Mike Tyson. <laughs> and I was like, good one, Rihanna. Oh, yeah. She had some funny she little did. liners in this. Um, and was one of the few people I genuinely enjoyed watching on screen. And I was like, can't she be in this more? Can't she be in this more? Like, she's the one woman in this whole movie, practically. And... I want her to be in more things. Um, Meanwhile, after Alex has his like war freak out, um, his brother brings him into his office because I guess his brother is the captain of whatever ship they're on. And he's like, listen, dude, um, you're after these exercises, you're going to be get fucking kicked out of the Navy. And Alex is like, but why? And so, so as much as he's... (laughs) Like, the Navy has changed him somewhat, but it sounds like he's still kind of the fuck-up he always ever was. Um, and his brother is basically like, I've done all the favors I can for you. I'm sorry. Like, this is it. Um, then we jump to naval physical therapy in Oahu, Hawaii. Um... And this is where we see what I described in my handwritten notes as tragedy 9-11 porn. Um, <laughs> because it was. It was all... I was actually surprised um, because... I don't know, man. I Like, I'm not a person who's done military service. And I don't know how I would feel about it if I were... But as someone who hasn't, these shots of these guys, and it was, it was like all amputee shit. Like people where they were like, Mm -hmm. you know, doing leg presses, but like one leg was um, a prosthetic. Yeah, Yeah, or like a hand or an arm or whatever they were doing. Like I'm not saying that that doesn't exist and I'm not saying don't show it to us because... I don't want to see the cost of war. I'm like, I think it's good to show that so that people really remember what this means and real costs to people's lives. But the way it was shot, like I was like, such chunky guitar was one of my other notes during this scene. You know, so it's like guitar Mm. riffs. (laughs) Yeah, man. It was like, and like all these and like all these, you know, guys doing like weightlifting and shit. And it's like, doesn't even fucking matter that I only have one leg now because I'm like, and I was like, I don't think I, if I yeah. were a veteran, whether I'd lost a limb or not, I would be like, I don't think I like this. This makes this look like this is like a glamorous fucking thing. Uh, like it's glamorizing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And particularly what goes on to happen in this scene the main reason we need this scene is Sam and Mick need to be introduced to each other. So Mick, as played by, I want to say his actual name again, where is it? Um, 
actual Colonel Gregory D. Gadsden. Gregory D. Gadsden is a real person who really served in the army, who really lost both of his legs because of an IAD. Um, and so, oh, yeah, that guy. so, and he does have, because I, I remember reading this on Wikipedia, he does have like the legs that he's got are like, at the time, they were like top of the line, very special, kind of like new types of prosthetics. Yeah. And in the movie, mm-hmm. the character Mick is super upset and super bitter because he feels like a broken man, like, you know, he can't do anything anymore, which would be very natural reactions. It's unclear to us how long, the, like how long ago this injury happened. But what I was really irritated by mm. was like, Sam, it's like, hey, I'm your new physical therapist. Um, I've gathered from your notes and from your previous physical therapist that you've been like struggling with this. And she literally says to him, you're still the same man. And I'm like, no, he isn't like it does. And what I mean by that is it doesn't mean he doesn't have the medals. Yeah. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the medals and the honors and like, you know, that he didn't serve his country, um, with valor, you know, but I'm like, but to act as though this injury doesn't fundamentally change him and his life is fucked. Like, you know, like don't, yeah. don't act like that. It does like, um, you know, I, th- I, I guess yeah. what it felt to me is like, especially in the con in contrast to these weird, like, um, like I said, pornographic images of tragedy, right? Uh, in the midst of all that, and then she's like yeah. saying, "You're the same man." I was like, "What is this like ableist bullshit nonsense?" That's what people who have all of their limbs yeah. tell someone who doesn't, so that the person with all the limbs can feel good and feel okay and be like, "I'm I'm fine," you know, like um, I don't have to feel weird around you because I'm just going to assume you're fine, you know. Um, and so I feel like telling someone who's had a serious and traumatic injury that will affect them for the rest of their lives to be like, you're still the same man is like, you are not even seeing me. Like, come on. Yeah, no, totally. Um, it's, it's patronizing. Yeah, like, I'm like, it's one thing to be like, someone in this position would have very deep depression and we need to look out for it and we need to try and help them work through that. That's one thing. But again, it's also not helpful when you're in a state of depression to be told everything's basically cool. Just be cool. Like, you know. Right. Um, and so. Be cool, man. Just don't you see the birds flying and don't you realize you're in a wahoo? And you're like, yeah, man, I recognize all yeah. of that. I, I've got eyes. Like, I'm saying it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so correspondingly, she forces him onto this hike up some like hills in Oahu and he hates it, which I loved watching him hate. Um, And then again, we cut back to space where something is now speeding past the moon toward earth. Good grief. Um, Where then we arrive, arrive on Saddle Ridge Station, Hawaii, which is basically where the communications array 
for that beacon that's going out into space. That's where this lives. Um, and we watch as <coughs> Zapata, Nograti, NASA, and the Air Force are all talking about how um, there are, quote, five distinct objects moving in formation toward Earth, um, which is bad. Um, and more to the point, as the objects are hitting Earth's atmosphere, they seem to be starting to break apart. And so basically the only guidance anyone can give in the final moments before they hit is to quote unquote brace. Um, and so then we get to see Sam and Mick watching one super giant object impact into the ocean. And then there's like that big plume of water that just like splashes up, up, up really big. Yeah, I hated that. <laughs> oh, see, that I didn't mind because I wasn't in it. And I couldn't imagine well, myself. Yes, I mean, in I was it. grateful I was. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I was actually like even the, the for, if someone ever said to me, brace, I would say, <laughs> what the fuck? And no, <laughs> because what is that? Well, mean? and also um, like in the context of this, I'm like, brace, brace. I mean. Brace for what? And as well. We're about to die? Kind of. I mean, but as well, like. If something of that size impacted the Earth, they don't show this, but I'm like, there would be earthquakes, there would be like tsunamis, there would be like all kinds of shit happening around the Pacific Rim at the very least. And they really do mm -hmm. not capture that at all. Um, yeah. What they do show is then we go to um, Hong Kong, China, um, which even in 2012, I was thinking about this. I was like, I bet people in Hong Kong didn't care for being called Hong Kong, China, because um, Hong Kongers don't really want to be a part of China. Um, oh, they don't? Mm-mm. That's like um, mm. a very long contested issue uh, because Hong Kong used to belong to the British and um, then in, I think it was 1999, they were expected to return it to mainland Japan, or sorry, mainland China, sorry. And, subs and by the point that that was happening, you know, like China is a communist place, Hong Kong had been capitalist and democratic. And so ever since that changing of hands has happened, things have gotten quite tense in Hong Kong. Um, and, and the Hong Kong issue is very, a very sensitive one. Um, and so when I saw Hong Kong, China, I was like, oh, they really do want this to be like a weird military thing because that will make the Chinese really happy to see Hong Kong called that. And then to so also to see Hong Kong fucking obliterated in the face of this object that crashes into the city. Um, and so we see, in fact, this is also why I thought this was very like kind of post 9-11 weird like tribute to it because we see one of the towers of a Hong Kong building fall to the ground. 
and um, there's shots of people running through the streets as big clouds of dust are blowing through. And I was yeah, like, that was wild. this is 9-11 footage. I mean, this is straight up 9-11 footage, which is yeah. so weird to see, like, rendered in this way. Um, then we jump to the Pentagon, where Peter McNichol is playing the Secretary of Defense for about two and a half minutes. Um, and everyone's talking about what has happened in Hong Kong. And the Secretary of Defense is surprised to see that NASA is being included in this discussion. Um, and this is when we get the reveal that whatever has landed on Earth, people are surmising have come from planet G, um, mm -hmm. which is concerning. Um, <laughs> correspondingly, Liam Neeson and various others have started to get information from the Pentagon about whatever this event is. Um, and so they've learned that RIMPAC is basically canceled and that their job is to now get to one of the objects that has landed, has landed near to them. And they're supposed to like get as close as they can to it. Um, mm -hmm. This is where we see Rami Malek again for no more than two and a half seconds or something. Um, we get more news broadcasts now giving us a bit of exposition. Um, back in his lab, Dr. Nograde tells people that the Chinese, uh, again, this is showing quite a lot of loyalty to mainland Japan. Um, the Chinese have um, examined the kind of remnants of whatever crashed into Hong Kong, and they've determined that none of the materials used to make it are from Earth. So this confirms that we are dealing with alien life of some form or another. Mm -hmm. Back on the Navy, various Navy ships, because I could never tell which ship we were on at any no point. No idea where we were at any point. <laughs> we start to see an object kind of emerge out of the water. It's super giant. Um, and it can't be identified on radar. It doesn't appear on radar. They also attempt to communicate with the object with no success. So Alex, Rihanna, and this other guy whose name turned out to be Lynch, I was surprised to learn, um, mm -hmm. go out on like a dinghy to try and communicate with the object. I don't know how they imagine that's going to work. Um... As a result of their attempts, the object, the object is like kind of an obelisk coming out of the water, and then there are like two other platforms also coming out of the water. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, the platforms start creating lasers that shoot out, and then that uh, goes up into the air and then creates a bubble around a part of the ocean that basically blocks all communications between whatever's inside the bubble and whatever's outside the bubble. Um, mm -hmm. Once that happens, a series of what I'm calling mech ships come up out of the water and they send out a pulse. Now this is where 
I get really irritated because <laughs> the whole movie hinges on the idea that the alien species are come from the start to be hostile. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just because they've done these things doesn't mean that they are hostile. We don't know what they mean. We don't right. know that they, and it, in fact, it becomes clear kind of as this movie goes on, they never intended for that one ship to crash into Hong Kong. That was a mistake. So this was not an attack at all, but it's perceived as an attack. And especially because the Navy ships, I guess, are in communication with anybody else. As soon as this pulse goes out, they start shooting at the different mech ships that have come up out of the water. Mm-hmm. And immediately the, sh- the alien ships shoot back. Um, right. This is when we get to see Rihanna be Jesse the Body Ventura with her giant gun, <laughs> um, which was fun to see. I will. Is admit that, that is this when she says "Mahalo, motherfucker"? <laughs> no, not yet. That's later. Um, oh. But this is she does have a good one liner here that, it, and maybe she's just shouting as the dinghy is like circling the object. I can't remember, but it's very Predator. Whatever she's doing. These things um, reminded me of Predator. A bit, the, yeah. The aliens themselves. When they show the, when they show sure. the like the vis- the uh, their view of the humans, it's like sort of yeah. That reminded me. Yeah, of, yeah. that was very Predator esque. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, needless to say, in this dust up, Alex's brother's ship gets hit, hit, and um. The only ship that remains of the U.S. fleet, because there are some other, like there are Japanese ships that are in this bubble as well. Mm-hmm. The only one that's left from the U.S. side, however, is the John Paul Jones, which I learned is the name of a famous Revolutionary War naval hero. Mm. Um, but because so many people have died and the bubble is blocking communication... Alex is now the captain of the remainder of the survivors on the John Paul Jones. Yikes. And he's been in the Navy for like three weeks. He's been in the Navy for three weeks. He, <laughs> despite despite the fact that he's cut his hair, he still has a long hair attitude sure, about life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his whole thing is like, I don't give a shit. Fire on those <laughs> ships. My brother just died. Get on to it. Yep. Um, hey, you know and what? I feel like a pretty standard practice is when somebody has lost someone close to them violently in a uh, in a situation like this, they should not be put in charge of the continuation no. of that mission. It's not going to go well. No, no, it's go not going to go well. Leave. Yes, I mean, in this circumstance, that would be hard to do. But part of the yeah, problem, I, I just uh. saw in my handwritten notes, part of the problem is, it's like, so Alex can't believe that he's now ended up as captain, and he's certainly not suited for it. And then Jesse Plemons says to him, "Sir, just please give me an order. I don't know what to do, sir." Yeah, and. When I heard that, I was like, 
That is exactly why the military shouldn't be run Allowed. by military people. Like, yeah. like there's something deeply wrong or like, how would I say? I don't want, I really don't want to malign anyone who does military service because it's certainly not for me and I can't speak to what it entails. Um, but it does, but it does make but, people, I think it does. Um, it does not encourage creative thought. It no. does not encourage independence. And it cultivates in the people who are chosen as its leaders, um, it cultivates the belief that tactical advantage and weapons and military per- material it trumps all other forms of interaction like that negotiation is useless that diplomacy is not worth our time you know whatever and and there's no one beneath you or even around you who believes otherwise or who would question you right and so and and i guess especially like it just made me feel so sad because like jesse plemons you know he's playing what i think is true is like you know young men in particular who are literally like i'm not suited to this like i don't know that what would to be do i mean that would sort of be this. like yeah that would sort of be me in that situation um i'd be like uh nobody tells me what to do i'm going to go take a nap because i like i don't know like i have no idea yeah, i what need we're someone to, to do. Do. <laughs> and i guess and i guess as well like I mean, I do understand this, but I, it's so different from how I guess I've ever been. It's the, it's the reason why people like to be in the military. It's the reason why people like to be in certain types of religious orders and practices. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't have to do the thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's not for me. I don't like it. I can't endure. I can just blindly follow. Yeah, you tell me. Someone, someone else makes decisions for me, mm-hmm. not me. Um, so needless to say, Alex is like, we're going to fucking just hit him with all we got. And he calls out to like the remaining Japanese ship that's in the bubble as well. And he tells them that, and Nagata's on that ship. And he is like, this guy's crazy. What is he (laughs) thinking? You know? Um, but needless to say, as a result of some of this back and forth, um, the Japanese ship also gets destroyed Um, so then there's like quite, so then Alex has run out of his weapons on the John Paul Jones and he's like, forget that we're going to take this ship and just ram it into the, these alien ships. And luckily, seems like a good plan. Um, (laughs) and luckily his second in command Lynch keeps saying to him, sir, there are sailors in the water. Mm. There are, he has to say it a number of times. He's like, there are sailors in the water. And um, I don't know anything about naval protocol, but it, it suggests that it's like you're you're supposed to rescue your you would hope fellow <laughs> sailors. Like d- like don't go on this fool's errand. Like you you there are people in the alive in the water that we're responsible for. I mean, I would hope that I know that that's the Marines thing is the whole like Semper Fi or no man left behind. I don't know if that's the same thing, but I would assume that it would be that in every branch. You got if you can save people, you that's your first. 
Yeah, so so finally Alex relents and they decide to rescue whoever's left in the water and basically make their stand on the John Paul Jones. Um, and then in the meantime, the alien ships launch what I've described as flying yo-yos made of barbed wire. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds right. I don't really know how else to describe them. Um, They've launched that at Oahu mainland specifically. And shit gets real pretty quick. Um, And then what we learn is that there is no communication between whoever's inside the bubble and whoever's outside the bubble. Liam Neeson is outside of the bubble. And he's communicating with like the Pentagon and things. And everyone's like, let's just hope we've got some ships that are and people still alive inside who can do something. So that is, intriguingly, Mick and Sam on the hillside of Oahu are also inside of the bubble. Um, and as well as Alex on the John Paul Jones. Mm-hmm. So they've now rescued all they can from the water. Um, and it, in that rescue mission, they also find what they believe to be a dead alien. Um, do you want to try and describe what the aliens look like in this Ick, no. movie? Um, I hated them. <laughs> they <laughs> Well, what do they look f- like? What do we see first about them? I can't remember what the first thing is. But what is it? Like, are they in a suit? Yeah, I mean, they look like they... they're a robot, sort of, is like the yes. the outward appearance, one would say. But under, but underneath that, I forget how they, um, how or why they have one. But they, they take the its little masky thing off, and it's like... right. I don't know how to describe it. Um, ugly. Like, goop. Well, sure. Goopy looking skin. <laughs> and, uh, like, <laughs> and weird, like, beardy, like, weird chin beardy situation. It's not good. Yeah, it's got a chin beard. It's got a chin beard. And it's interesting because the chin beard is actually made out of, like, fingernail <laughs> enamel. I hated it. Because cause they show someone breaking off one of the little Ugh. spikes. And I was like, oh, that's like they grew. And they, their faces look like kind of a mixture between a human and a horse mm-hmm. is what I would say. Kind of like longy looking. Yeah. And then do you remember how their eyes, what the pupils of their eyes look like? No. I remember they opened that one's eye at one point, but I can't remember what. They've got like reptilian eyes where the pupil is like oh um an oval like and to the like to the side sort of like like yeah like snake eyes basically yeah it it was bad it's uh and they almost I think they I think they didn't they didn't have what some reptiles have which is like the nictitating um lens 
But they did have, or nictitating lid, I can't remember. But they they could, like, open and shut their, or no, well, I guess this is, like, human eyes, too. Like, when it was too bright, their pupils got real small, right? And then... Yeah. Because so, that becomes one of the things is we learn that they don't like sunlight. Not that they do anything with that, but we learn that. And then, as well, like, because they do... The thing is, it's like because planet G is supposed to be similar to Earth, they wanted them to look kind of like us a little bit. Um, but then they also had four fingers like on a hand, but like the four fingers were like perpendicular around the palm of their hand rather than just at one end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was weird as well. Um, what I also thought was weird about this is like, so when they take the helmet off this one that they've collected and then they realize that it's still alive, it like sort of jumps up and makes a mind meld with Alex. And then there's like this scene playing out in like, or flashes of images. And I was like, what does this mean? Like, I thought they were going to do something with that, where that was going to reveal something. Yeah. It meant nothing. Um, and again, like, I guess if I were to say what I thought it ended up representing is it was like, I guess supposed to show us that they were like intent on killing us all. But I don't even know. Like the images were violent-ish, but I was like, that could be any number of things we don't really know what that alien was trying to convey with those images. Like, um, and you would think like, Alex doesn't even tell anybody he has this mind meld. Like, I'm like, that seems like a big deal thing. I would be, if I were you, I would be trying to find more of those aliens to figure out what the fuck is going on and see if you can communicate with them. But they don't give a shit about that. Um... The aliens, the one alien gets rescued by his own friends. Um, But some of them do stay on the ship. Um, And one in particular remains to try and go into the engine room to disable the engines. And this is also a thing that barely gets developed. Because the aliens have these you know, you're, you're right. They're like predator in the sense that we, whenever we see something through their eyes, they've got like information on a screen that oh, tells yeah. them things about what they're seeing. Yeah, that was the predator thing. And yeah, and repeatedly what we see them see is like when they lock onto a human being, it goes from red, which I presume means bad, attack it, to green. Like yeah. this is fine. And I'm like, so so these aliens don't want to kill us. Why is every, everything about this movie is suggesting we need to fucking kill these motherfuckers? And, and then at the same time, it's like, they're not going to kill us. Like, they're not. <laughs> like, um, all they want to do is neutralize, like, the battleship, which I feel is a reasonable thing for them to want to right. do. Um... And we never, and I guess that's the other thing that's frustrating is we never get any understanding of what the alien's motivation yeah. is yeah. at all. 
like nothing at all. Um, and it, I guess it goes back to what Zapata was saying at the very beginning, which is this idea like if this is meant to be some sort of modern day allegory about the arrival of Europeans to the Americas or whatever, I guess it's pretty similar because nothing is explained. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're here. We're just and that's it, you know, Um. And, and frankly, I, like, as a person who has read numerous books about those interactions, I'm like, those interactions were not like that. They were not nearly as, like, one-sided or simple or whatever. Um, and so the idea that this alien race who gets a communique from us is just going to show up and be like, now you're all <laughs> fucked. I'm like, what? Like... We don't know anything about yeah. these people. Um, meanwhile, uh, we learn in the Pentagon that not only were 25,000 people in Hong Kong Damn. killed, um, but that uh, they've examined the object that like fell in Hong Kong, and that's how they realize that it's their communication device. And so... They're like, they are going to use our communications array to try and contact planet G. And I'm like, and again, this is portrayed as extremely nefarious. And I'm like, why is them wanting to communicate to their own planet? Yeah, because they're acting as if like, like, we don't know. They were acting as if like that means definitively that they're like calling back to their planet, like come attack. To bring in more forces. Yeah. They're dumb. Which nothing, nothing that these aliens have done suggests that. Even though they've already fired on things. I'm like, nothing, like, they've fired when they get fired on. Which is normal. Like, um, we don't know what they're doing. And they, so we don't know why they would want to communicate with their planet. Like, we don't know Like, for all they know, they could be Um, lost and being like, trying to get back home. Or let's say they came here on purpose because they got that communication. Maybe there was something that was supposed to happen. Maybe that communication ship that broke, maybe that was what was going to Mm -hmm. tell us something about who they were and it got messed up. So maybe they're calling home to be like, send us another one of those, please. Like, we'll hang out here until it shows up. Could be any number of things, I suppose. Um... Yeah. Meanwhile, we get some more news broadcasts that tell us that the world is like going into chaos. There's global unrest. Um, Most countries have gone to martial law uh, to try and keep a lid on what people are doing. Um, And up in the Hawaii hills, the nerd has joined up with Mick and Sam and explains that the aliens can only communicate with planet G every 24 hours because that's when the satellite is in the proper position mm-hmm. to do that. So they're like, okay, we've got 24 hours to mess that up, but we also need to let somebody know that information, and they don't know how to do it. Meanwhile, back on the John Paul Jones they realize that not only can they not track 
the alien's ship. Seemingly, the aliens can't track their ship either. I don't know how or why that's true, but that mm-hmm. seems to be the case. So, uh, Captain Nagata says, well, we can use the tsunami buoys to track what the alien mech ships are doing because they track displacement of water. So basically like, and I don't, I don't know if this is true, but apparently, and it wouldn't surprise me if it were, because this is an issue in the Pacific. They've set up this network of buoys all throughout the Pacific ocean and not the Navy, um, NOAA, which is, what does that acronym stand for? I've run across it before. Uh, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're responsible for weather okay. stuff as well. Um, and so they've set up a network of buoys where if a tsunami is to start, they can know straight away so that then they can get the warning out to people of like, mm-hmm. get out of there because the tsunami's coming toward you, right? Or ships that might experience it as well. So Nagata's like, we can use that same system to track these ships. And so then they set it up, they pull it up on their screens. And what does it look like? I don't know. It looks like the game. Finally, we've got the game. Oh, I missed this part, apparently. This was... I'm going to be annoyed that I missed the part that looks like the game. Yeah, there was a... (laughs) It it takes... It was an hour and 15 minutes in, which is weird. Um, But basically, they set it up because, like, the buoys create the grid. And then they're tracking the movements. And, like, as the ships are moving, they light up red. And Nagata's watching. And then he's like, get it on to, like... Charlie 24 and it's like C24 and oh like, my god I did I totally I totally missed this. yeah yeah it was I was like this is exciting I'm so excited <laughs> to see the game <laughs> like it, it was bad we sunk you but did they ever say did they ever say we sunk your battleship oh they're gonna say <laughs> sink battleship but not quite yet um oh. so they finally start to figure out how to use this system to actually hit the alien ships. And they do talk about them as hits. They're, they're like, we got a hit. We got another hit. I'm like, it's just like the game. <laughs> this is the fun. I'm finally, it's happening. Um, oh, gosh. I can't believe I missed this part because I was so over it by this point. Yeah, I, I mean, like, oh, yeah, yeah. it was a lot of hard work to get here. I'll say that. Um, oh, and then uh, up on the hills, Mick, Sam, and the nerd manage to get through to Alex on the John Paul Jones. And she explains to him that they need to mess up this comms array up in the hills so that they can prevent the aliens from contacting planet G and that they have 24 hours to do it, basically. They have till the following morning. Um, back on the ship, Nagata and Alex seem to have finally gotten over their fight, uh, and they come up with a plan for how they're going to attack the mech that has been following them specifically. So basically what they do is, uh, they wait, they move the ship toward the reef next to, I think, Oahu, and they come very close to land. 
And then they wait until the sun is starting to rise up over the hills, which will blind whoever Mm -hmm. is in the alien ship. And then in that moment, they start hitting the alien ship with all the firepower that they've got, um, which indeed blows up the alien ship. Unfortunately, however, that ship still has enough wherewithal and control to create and release more of the flying yo-yos of barbed wire, um, Mm -hmm. which fly out and attack the John Paul Jones such that it sinks. And we get... Yikes. Now, all of the remaining survivors are in these dinghies out in the bay. Um, And as I knew, I knew it was coming as soon as they were like, the mighty... USS Missouri is the most decorated ship in naval history. I was like, that thing's coming out of retirement. It has to. <laughs> of course it does. Yeah. And then Alex is like, we've got one ship left, and it's it's the mighty Mo. So they get onto that <laughs> ship, and when they get on, his second-in-command, Lynch, is like, I mean, this is an interesting idea you've come up with here, But, like, this ship is 70 years old. Um, It has analog weapons. It uses steam engines. Like, there's not enough crew. I don't know how we're supposed to run this thing at all. And then what happens? It... I don't know. We start to see some old (laughs) sailors who were on the Mighty Mo as you know like i guess tour guides or something um they start mm-hmm. coming up onto the deck and it's these old guys who i could tell were former actual sailors for, you know they were like hey guys you want to be in this movie and they were like sure we do um yeah totally and i will mm-hmm. say i felt a little silly about this cuz i i was so anti everything military in this but when these old guys come out in their old, you know, like, and they've got all the baseball caps that say which ship they served on. Did you on. cry? I totally did. I cried. I couldn't help it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I feel like, are you okay? <laughs> I mean, not totally, but, like, um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect but that to happen. I feel like happen. this highlights that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I totally teared up, and... And I guess, Whoa. and I was thinking about it, I was like, why are you having this reaction? Like, come on, you're not a patriot. Like, you don't care. Um, but I think what it really was, was I was like, I like seeing old people feel like they're useful again. Like, that's what I like. Whoa. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I don't think you have to be a patriot in the way that that word is used today anyway um to be like hey i respect people that did a a, a hard job that i would sure. never want to do correct and you know they they deserve respect that's fine like and now they get to be in their little movie and get their little um 15 minutes of fame like that that's cute did I cry? No, because I was like, God damn, this movie's long. But that's I get fair. It. Yeah, no, I I was <laughs> I was shocked and amazed at myself that it was happening. 
Um, and yeah. this is where you're clearly in in a vulnerable state. I would say because I don't feel like yeah. on maybe a stronger day that might have gotten you the same. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but then as well, this is where ACDC's Thunderstruck super comes okay. out because this is when they do okay. the montage of like getting the ship ready to okay. like go out there in the world. And the main thing that I found confusing about this, because I was like, I know they're going to use the battleship. The whole movie's called Battleship, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> but the thing that I was like, they seem to have like actual, like, um, what's the word they use in this? They seem to have actual like weapons in this ship that is just anchored to the harbor that is anchored in a way that's meant to be permanent. So, like, you don't have actual active weapons on a ship that you're giving tours to kids on. Like That's true. Um, that seemed very strange. But I guess I shouldn't ask these questions, but nonetheless, out. Yeah, it's like, a movie. But, um, yeah, it's not, that's probably definitely not real. Yeah. Um, I think this is also perhaps like in this montage or at some point there's a montage where we see Alex running around in his Navy t-shirt where the word Navy is on the back of him. And that's when I really was like, is this a fucking ad for the Navy? Like, I'm sure seeing this in a lot of shots. Um, Here's what I will say. I never had a desire to be in any branch of the military. Don't really care. Don't like... I can, I'll res- I respect it fine, but, like, whatever. What I will say, I definitely did frequent the Army-Navy store and think that, like, I looked cool or wanted to be cool wearing a shirt that said Army or, like, having, like, a... Thing oh, sure, Navy. yeah. Those like, were popular for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hate the way... I don't hate the way they dress. <coughs> I don't... I don't love no, the, the, like... No, the vibe... Suit. I like... I, yeah, I don't like the dress uniforms generally yeah. of any branch, but I do like yeah. their day-to-day wear yeah. fairly well. I like I like the, like, chill-out, like, T-shirts that say, like, Army and Navy. Those are kind well, of and, It's and kind even, of like the way I like ath- athletes that have, like, their warm-ups. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I love like you know the 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 jackets they have for the Olympics, the jackets that like the Red Sox have. You know, like I always want yeah. those. <laughs> yeah, like no, like a pea coat is a navy jacket. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and even sometimes fatigues can be mm-hmm. okay. You know, like in certain circumstances and in certain ways, um, mm-hmm. but like. Yeah, the dress uniform, I don't care for very much. Yeah, um, I know. But so anyway, they managed to get this uh, old battleship uh, seaworthy and out onto out into the bay. And their job now is to basically attack the biggest mech, which is that one that's the obelisk out of the water with like the platform thingies that are creating the bubble in the first place. Um. And this is when we see, like, um, the use of the ship itself as a weapon in the sense that, like, they, Alex has them, like, turn the guns to the side of the ship 
and then it look makes it look like the ship is turning away from the mech, but then they drop anchor and it like whips around so that then the guns are facing the mech and then they like unload onto it. Um, and this is when like there's an old guy who says something like, let's fill it, fill it with lead or something. And I'm like, this is wild. Um, <laughs> and I think Rihanna does that is, I think Rihanna does the Mahalo bitch or like Mahalo motherfucker. At I think this she point. says Mahalo motherfucker. But the thing that's funny about, I think a couple times they, they used the word motherfucker, but I want to say both times because they wanted to keep a PG-13 or whatever rating they had, they, like, said, Mahalo Mother, and then, like, Yeah, cut and then it, that and would be the, explosion. and cut to the explosion. Yes, they did yeah. it twice, at least, where they were like, yeah, we're not going to say so. the fucker part. We're going to just imply it. Um, yeah. And, then it, and so then in this battle scene, like, the mech fires back at the Mighty Mo, and that's when just some other sailor old sailor guy says you ain't gonna sink this battleship um <laughs> and so you know we get all oh, the, yeah, yeah. the natural all the things you expect um and i i will say for those guys who got the featured line that's i was happy for them i was like i like oh that. sure <laughs> oh yeah because um, totally. Because I also, because one of them as well, like, um, it was one of these older guys, and he uh, was Asian, and he was like, are we shooting on Oahu? And the other older guy is like, yeah, and he's like, holy shit. And I was like, he even gets a laugh line, that guy, like, yeah. good for him. I hope, I like, and, and I assume that all those guys really were, you know, like, former, you know, naval guys. Yeah, I think right? you're probably like, right. So... Um, I'm like, I, I, that, that didn't make me tear up, but I was like, I like that they get their little moment in the sun <laughs> to enjoy this. Yeah, totally. Um, as a result of this uh, series of tactical moves that Alex does, they manage to damage the big mech enough so that the bubble between communications drops. Finally, um, like the rest of the Navy can actually come in there and help out. Um, they manage to, oh, then there's a final bit where up in the hillside, Mick and Sam are still trying to do whatever they can, can do to help, uh, break down the comm system. This is when Mick fights the alien with his mm -hmm. mechanical legs, um, which was a kind of cool fight, I will say. Um, yeah. And then finally, when the comms, when the bubble falls down and everyone can get through, um, just as it looks like the Mighty Mo is going to be totally ruined by what remains of the alien craft, um, pilots from outside the bubble show up and finish the job of totally destroying the alien object. And as it, you say, as I say here, everything's fine now. <laughs> Yep. Don't worry about Crisis it. Crisis averted. Um, the final scene is where we're getting a ceremony um, where everyone who's important, in my handwritten notes, I was like, everyone important survived. <laughs> Great. Yep. Um, Except for Alexander and, Skarsgård. I mean, he was kind right. of. He, he does. We had to have one semi-main character go. 
or else it yeah. wouldn't be a serious movie. Um, everyone's getting medals for their heroism and patriotism. And we get back to the old um, Alex still now has to ask oh, Sam's God. dad permission for getting married, which he does. And uh, the joke is that Liam Neeson is like, no, no, no. And then he says, I, I'm not making this up, something about a chicken burrito. And it's like, uh. oh, boy, I guess I guess it's fine. And then, honest to God, like, the, this is how I knew this movie was made to, like, sell America to God knows who. Um, because then the final shot is beautiful Brooklyn Decker in the center of the frame, her hair is blowing. She's giving a thumbs up to her boyfriend, being like, you did it, way to go. And then credits begin, and uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival's Fortunate Son starts playing. And I was aye, like, aye, are aye. you fucking kidding me? This, like, can't get And I could more. not... I could not turn it off faster. I was like, thank fucking God, this is over. I turned well, it off, and I see that I missed post-credits. <laughs> yes. Because I there was, was like, a post credits Christ, scene. this is over. I mean, I also turned it off quickly, and I didn't know there was a post credit scene until I was doing the outline for this, and they say in the trivia post credit scene. I was like, post credit. Oh, scene? damn it. <laughs> Shit. And so I went back and watched it. You you missed nothing because I, I was don't like care. what why is this here? Like now in fairness It was it most, was it was a teaser. It sound well from what this it's a teaser in case they want to do a second one. Sure. And I think by 2012 that had started to become more normalized, especially in yeah. franchise movies. Yeah. That it was like, hold on a bit, because you're going to get a, yeah. like a little clue All about the, the next do movie. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were doing that by 2012. I think they were doing that by 2012. Yeah, I think but like, so. what I was going to say is, like, in fairness, post credit scenes are kind of stupid, and I wish they wouldn't keep happening. Um, so, with that as the bar, this is no worse or stupider than anything else. Um, but it is weird because then we go to Highland, Scotland, and it's some boys coming home from school, and they walk up to a barn which has had a chunk of it blown out, mm -hmm. and then they notice this weird object in their field. And so they're, first it shows them trying to, like, break it open, which they can't, and then some, like, local weirdo drives up and he's like, I'm going to get into this thing. And he's got all kinds of tools. And he eventually uses um, kind of, uh, what is it? Like a welder thing, like to open it up like that. Mm -hmm. And when he does, the final portion of that little scene is we see from the alien who's inside the thing's perspective that he like reaches out and grabs. And then it goes to black. And... Aye, aye. I, I mean, like we said, this probably was meant to be like, if we do a second one, we've set up something totally. for that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm like, but I don't think you needed to. Like, no, absolutely if not. it was going to be a sequel, just have a sequel. Like, there's plenty of unused threads here that you could <laughs> build on. 
So yeah. I don't think you need this to like set the stage for Battleship 2. Um, no. But yeah, th- I mean, woof. From top to bottom, this was meant to be some sort of homage to American military services. And and that's fine, I guess. But if you like that, I guess I would. Well, I guess what I would say is if I were someone who served in the military, I would want a better homage than this. Oh, totally. is kind yeah, of I think a, a documentary. <laughs> I, I think I think a documentary is more uh, appropriate, like talking about the or actual just, stuff. Sure, that's sure. There's yes, there's that. But like, even if it's going to be like a rah rah America homage, mm-hmm. like make it be the Fast and Furious, but make it make it be in the military. Gun. Like yeah, yeah. Make it yeah. I mean, Top I Gun is would, yes. You're right. Top Gun is such a better one. For it. I think absolutely. the Air Force absolutely, absolutely. would stand behind like, Top Gun as being like a fun homage to the Air Force. Yes, yes. Um, I guess the Navy will just wait for its turn to, to <laughs> get yeah, its yeah, homage. Yeah. Um, so now let's turn to yawns and eye rolls, which is a big old one. Um, oh yeah, we always start with the yawns. So one yawn is hmm, this is going to be tough <laughs> cuz there's a difference between being boring and being engaged um le- i guess we'll just say it simply one yawn this was deadly boring <laughs> and ten yawns is this was majorly exciting what would you do okay I would say two. I was oh, bored. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was bored. Even though it was like a lot of blowing up, like that's not. Yeah, I a lot of stuff happened. I'll say that. I don't, a lot of stuff I don't, happened. I don't enjoy that. So I do sort of, even though like oh, most people wouldn't call like blowing up explosions boring, I find them a little boring because. I mean, I think we've talked on this show about how for us action movies. Like, when it's the action sequence, it's like, can this be over soon? A hundred percent. And I also struggle with, like, I've said this so many times, and it makes me sound like an old lady, but I struggle with, like, movies like this because this, this explosions are so fucking loud, and then when they talk, I'm like, I can't, I don't know what they're saying. Like, <laughs> so I had so many times of, like, ah, this movie is hurting my ears. And so, yeah, no. Two, it, I was bored. Yeah, I mean... I I was less bored than you, <laughs> as is always the case, but I wasn't, I guess I'll give it a five because, because okay. I guess what kept me going is I kept hoping it would get better. Get better. <laughs> yeah. Which I should have known wasn't going to happen after a certain point, but yeah. I was like, what point do will you give it up redeem hope? itself? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The answer is I don't know. You were for at sure. an hour two. You were like, maybe but, now in the last minute it'll turn around. Well, well, I mean, ad- admittedly, it might be unlikely, but it is like that's the whole thing. Is sometimes a movie is like that where they like give you something right at the tail end, and it's not even a twist necessarily, but like something happens, and you're like, they were working up to this. I guess. And I get it. You know, I, I guess. Or, or like. 
you might not even think it was worth it, but like yeah. you can still be like, but that was like I a see cool the point thing or yeah. like whatever it was. Um, and so I guess I just kept waiting <laughs> for something. Well, and that and the waiting for it to do something kept me more engaged yeah, than that's normally fair. might. Um, in terms of eye rolls, oh god, this is another one that's like going to be a problem. Um, one eye roll is it's fine, <laughs> whatever. Um, and ten eye rolls is like. This is utter, utter nonsense. <laughs> what would you give it? Hmm. Well, I will say that Isaac said at one point, he was like, why does your sister make you watch this stuff? Is this free? He had so many questions. <laughs> he was like, did you have to pay for this? I mean, um, it, it was, was free. free it was it? it was free. Um, so he was like, good. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. Let's see. I think I'd probably give it like an eight. I I wasn't into it, mm. and mm. I would rather play the board game, quite honestly. Oh, for sure, definitely that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I have to agree with you on that one. I would give it an eight. Um, not be, and it's different than some things because, like, this was very this was already kind of derivative in 2012 mm-hmm. um but it did have a certain novelty like i said the premise was interesting yeah and i would have and in fact it kind of even predates cuz i was trying to remember um it was reminding me of a movie that i've also not watched but we may watch at some point Pacific Rim. Oh no, I think I have um, watched that. Please don't make me watch that again. Well, I thought that might be okay because Idris Elba's in it. I feel like I've um, watched it though, and but, I remember watching it in the movie theater being like, God, this is boring. <laughs> I don't oh, I don't remember. It's yeah, been so a long pa- time. So Pacific Rim comes out in 2013, mm-hmm. so the year after. So this was like, I guess, a moment in time where people were kind of interested in this notion yeah um and so you know i was like it was kind of an interesting concept it kind of had a some ideas but like yeah for me the eye roll of eight is more to do with just how heavy-handed the military stuff yeah got and like how and how like rah rah our boys yeah and i'm like yeah man that part I, is annoying. I know that part, like that part's super annoying and it's um, super annoying that they had it, it is one of those things where it's a little confusing is like they had this cast you can't blame the cast they're all good actors yeah. right they're all like kind of right. fun you can't really blame the actual execution of the effects because those were all well and good so like wtf guys like what happened why does this suck (laughs) yeah yeah totally like all the pieces i guess that's the final like our final thoughts moment which is like all the pieces were there for this to work yeah like cast is good special effects were good the (laughs) premise itself is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Like, um... Could have been good. You had the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had the money. And, again, like, 
the Transformers thing already happened. And like, I'm not saying those movies were good either necessarily, but like, I think they hung together better than this. Yeah. Um, I never. So saw I just don't those, know. I, believe, I just I think they're better. <laughs> I think I maybe saw the first one. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. This went so off into whatever it did in a way where I was like, what yeah, it just didn't. Here? It just didn't like, work overall. And I and I guess maybe what I would have said is like. If you just tone down the military part <laughs> yeah. a little bit and and let some of the other points of like other plot points spend more time on that and like like I guess it comes back to what I said before like I don't think um Taylor Kish was the right guy to yeah. be the central f- figure of this movie mm-hmm. I don't think his storyline to the degree that there was one, which there wasn't. <laughs> like, that's the other thing. Like, you know, if we're talking about Top Gun and some of those movies, like, you spend a lot of time with Tom Cruise yeah. in those movies. Yeah. You, you, you know what his life is like and what he's aiming to yeah, do and, outside and why he's of, trying to do it. And outside of the, I think there is in those movies, even though obviously the focus is still, like, the planes and the flying and the action, there's definitely more character development outside of that world uh, this one we're right. like shooting at stuff and then like talking a little bit and then shooting at stuff again well and the whole thing is like the most exposition we got was given by a police officer up in the hills like yeah. to sam and mick and i was like it was a real mr big in wayne's world moment where i was like why does this cop know everything that's happening? <laughs> or the like, news, or the ABC um, News telling us about, yeah, it wasn't, yeah. yeah. And and then to that I say, you don't, like, action movies don't need character development. They don't. Like, the, in fact, there's a lot of them. Like, if we take Predator as an example, there is no character that's development true. in that movie. But I would still say that's a better movie. Yeah. And in part, the reason it's a better movie is because we learn more about the alien Mm. as we go. Yeah. Right? Whatever whatever it is we learn about, we actually, we get a more well-rounded story, whether it's through whatever the device is. We figure out, like, what the point of the story is. And in this one, I feel like we kind of don't figure out the point of the story. Yeah. Because, like, it's like, okay, rah, rah, they've not gotten to communicate with anyone but what like, they if, doing if you're setting up this premise, we don't know. And if you're setting up this premise, if that there are these like uniquely hostile people, then you've just made a world of hurt because now like ten ships are going to come. Absolutely. The next time. Like, so yeah, I, yeah. You know, I think that like, part is where um, they did the misstep. I think they could have uh, developed that better, but they didn't care. Yeah, they wanted to so develop like, ships. Because yeah. Well, but again. Go ahead and do that, <laughs> but then, like, but so then, if the point is to show us cool things blowing up, I get it. That's fine. Um, but then take away any of the stupidity of this, like, romance yes. plot. There were, like, there were weird humorous beats in this movie where I was like, what is this here <laughs> for? Like, um yeah. Just be like, no, no, the main point, this is, this, and, or, like, I almost would have rathered they set it up 
in a cold, like do it in the cold war and be like, we're, we're looking for the Soviets and we're the Americans and we're hiding out and something's happened and we're like lost at sea together. Like that would have been cool in its way and given plenty of opportunity to show blowing things up and stuff like, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they, like this was just all the ingredients and somehow it just turned into a disaster (laughs) anyway. Um, so then finally, did you like this and would you recommend it? No and no. Um, again, it was free on Prime, so like that's a plus, but it's way too long. It's way too not worth it. No. Yeah. Yeah, I similarly would say no and no. Um, even for a napping movie, too loud. Oh my God, it's way too loud. <laughs> it's way too fucking yeah. loud. Well, I guess what this means is that while I normally wouldn't do this, I might suggest a thing for us to watch <laughs> to you first at, before selecting it officially um, so that we might be able to avoid some of these conundrums going forward. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I, I had higher hopes. I guess that's my final, final thought is like I had higher hopes for this movie than what yeah. turned out to be you, the One case. would think with because, the cast, like you'd be like, oh, that's great. This is like a blockbuster. Well, and, that, like... and that was the thing is like there's so much stuff where it's like, oh, like because I kind of remembered people being like, oh, Battleship was kind of shitty. And there's been, like, certain things have gotten resuscitated and revived and rescued and been like, oh, no, we were kind of assholes about that before. <laughs> like, turns out it's not the worst. Yeah. Or just, like, the the joy of a bad movie sure. could also be fine, right? Um, but this, because it was, like, too well-made, takes away from that as well. And so you're just like, I'm just watching something that's kind of crappy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. well so i will i will run my next choice by you then. <laughs> um but uh on that note it has been a pleasure as always i am sarah and i'm here with amy and we will see you next week in space thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of see you next week in space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.